Welcome back to another episode of Caps Off by the Game Day. Today we have yet another very special guest. Dude, let's fucking go. Uh, should I call you NFL Insider? NFL Insider and uh, big time Twitter reporter Ari Mayroff. Oh, What's Adam, going yeah. on? How's it going? Great Ari? to be on, guys. This is I, I. I love this setup first of all, and I've heard a lot about you guys, especially from my guy Jordan Schultz. And like, it sounds like you guys are building something that not many people have. So, oh. I, I love what the, the direction that we're going over here. Thanks, That's man. Appreciate it. That's Jeez. high praise. We're definitely building something. I don't, I don't know, know what it is. <laughs> we're not sure what it is. Someone but... let us cook. I don't know if we should finish the meal. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I definitely. It's like someone let us cook, and it's like that meme where you have like the hot dogs on the on the pan it's like the hot or whatever dog and it cereal. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was big. Whenever Russ would have any game last year, everyone's like, like someone let Russ cook. And yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Ari, uh, we want to start off obviously by asking you a little bit about yourself. We know you have a big following on Twitter, um, and I, I said NFL Insider. Would that be how you identify? Are you an insider in the NFL? What's what's the what's the uh, you know the elevator pitch on what Ari Mayrov is? Yes, yeah, so I don't really love calling myself an insider yet because I guess let me just start exactly how this all really happened. I, I grew up an avid NFL fan just like you guys did. And I love the game. I love the behind the scenes of it. I love for agency. The draft was and still is my favorite event. And I started this Twitter account in 2013 just because I, there's so many layers to football, right? Mm -hmm. There's, you know, trades, free agency, injuries, hirings, firings, the salary cap and whatever. I remember telling myself back at the time, like, there's no organized place to get everything. If I'm the average fan who's going to school or going to work, like, if I want to get all the notable stuff in one place, how do I do that? So mm -hmm. I told myself, let me just try this back, ten, back then. And it, you know, I, the first two, three years, like not many people were following, not many people were seeing what I was doing, but you know, I enjoyed it. And after three, four years, I started seeing like reporters and players and all these different people starting to follow the account. And that's when I realized I might have something here. And back then I was doing okay. real estate was really my main thing. This was more of a side hustle. I was making some money through ads and whatever, but, um, you know, um, I remember getting a, a DM from one of these star players in the NFL after I posted um, the Pro Bowl val um, ballot voting. And he was like, where am I in the voting? I remember getting a message from him. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I'm doing something right over here. And I remember getting a message from Adam Shefford, who I grew up, you know, I used to really love the breaking news side of things, getting a message from him. And he was telling me, oh, you're doing a great job. Let me know if I can help with anything like that's when I really started to realize that I have something going on over here. So basically my idea was more of just putting all the notable happenings, make sure it's accurate and relevant information for the fan. And that's what I did for so many years. And I guess I'll just fast forward a little bit. Two years ago, Pro Football Focus, that's owned by Chris Collinsworth, they reach out and they're like, we want to start a news division. And, you know, back then, I forgot to mention this, my name wasn't on the account. The account name mm -hmm. was NFL Updates. So they're like, how many people run this account? And I'm like, just one. They're like, oh, really? That's incredible. I thought it'd be like a team of people here. So I'm like, no, no, it's just one person. So can we meet with you? So we had that meeting and eventually they hired me on condition that I put my face and my name on it. Like so that. I agreed to do that. I came out publicly. Everyone knew who I was all of a sudden. They knew my face and everything. And from there, I was able to drop real estate, make my passion football into my full-time job. And from there, really, that's really when I, I dropped being like a full-time just aggregator 
and really trying to become someone who builds connections with people around the league, whether it's in the front office, agents, and those type of people to eventually get to that point where I'm able to break news on my own. So I, this past offseason was probably one of the more successful ones for me where I was breaking some stuff. Okay. Not big ones, but you got to start somewhere. And eventually that is where my goal is, of course. But um, that's kind of where I'm looking at it. I don't want to call myself an insider officially until I get <laughs> to that point. You always want to set goals for yourself. But um, that's kind of the story of how all of this happened. That's Fuck all, yeah. We're, we're going to call you an insider. What were the things that what were the things that you broke this, this offseason? Yeah, what was the biggest one? So the biggest one for me was Andrew Wiley, who was the chief starting right tackle, had right. like an amazing Super Bowl against Hassan Reddick. He signed in Washington for three cool. years and $24 million. So that was a big one. And Sweet. a bunch of these other insiders were accrediting me and everything like that. That's felt awesome. good. Like I, it, it, that was probably the biggest one. I had a few other smaller ones, but awesome. you got to start somewhere. And this offseason was definitely one where I felt good about um, a few of them. The question that I really have is it's my sports update. Where does my sports update come from, and why isn't it Ari Mayrov's update? Because at this point, I've been following you, specifically that account, I think since like 2014, years. for years. And then out of the blue came, you know, you putting your face out there, and it was like, oh, fuck, this is really someone right here. And now it's like, I feel like I, feel like I know half of you, but I want to know all of you. So <laughs> how, do we, how do we get it to Ari Mayrov's update, and why is it still my sports update? So when I started the account in 2013, that first year, it was not only football. It was football, basketball, mm. and baseball. I did three sports at once. That's the reason for the My Sports Update. And then for whatever reason, I just never decided to change it. <laughs> I always had this part of me that is like, if I change it now, will people remember what it was? Who is the account? Why is it on my timeline? So I've always had that um, in the back of my mind. Can mm. I change it? Should I change it? So I don't know. I probably should eventually, but... um. It is what it is for now, and um, people know me by that name. So um, I don't know. I I'll definitely consider it at some point, and you're definitely right. I should put my name on it because first comers to the account who follow it like now are like, mm -hmm. what the heck is this? But we we'll have to um, think about it at some point and make that make that change. You said that uh, that like Schefter reached out to you early on That's so or awesome. at some That's point. So cool. That's sick. Like how how has how have guys like Schefter or obviously you have a relationship with Jordan Schultz or Rappaport Pelissero, like how have those guys like, you know, kind of guided you or like mentored you in any way? Yeah, so I've gotten to know really all of those guys you just mentioned. And really, whenever I got that PFF job, now I'm, of course, with the 33 team, I moved to them um, about a year ago. But when I got that job, I was able to start going to combines and senior bowls and the owners meetings and really all, all those people are there. And it's like a whole gathering of people in the league and all these reporters who you're seeing on Twitter. So mm -hmm. I've really had a chance to really chat with them and really understand the behind the scenes of how all this stuff works. And it really is fascinating when you learn the ins and outs of football, the business side of it, how teams make decisions. But Adam in particular was the first one of those insiders to really reach out. I remember it was the offseason when Kirk Cousins was a free agent with the Vikings. Like that period, he reached out to me because I was doing my thing with free agency and getting all the news out, pumping out information that is accurate, which he appreciated because yeah. he kind of felt like that's one way for him to check what is going on in mm -hmm. one spot. Yeah. So that offseason, he, he that 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 March, he reaches out to me, just tells me that, and really ever since then, I've kind of had the ability to really communicate with him in particular, where he's mm -hmm. like, if you need anything, how does this stuff work? Um, why do teams do this? How do some teams operate? 
Um, if there's anything you could pass along to me, like those type of things, I've had the chance to be able to talk to him and all these other insiders, really, frankly, about how all of it works. And I kind of wish that fans understood more of it, especially like the salary cap, which mm. I know a lot of people say it's fake and whatever. But if you learn the salary cap, you kind of really have a way of knowing of what's going to happen in the NFL next mm. to really every team. If you know everyone's situation with money wise, you know which player is going to be on the team, which player isn't, which player you should be calling about which player is safe and going to be on the roster or you really know what's going to happen you could reach out to those people to really figure out what's coming up next so once you learn the behind the scenes of all of it and you really learn from the people who have done it for a long time you really get a clear picture of the entire NFL landscape. You're speaking Adam. Music Adam, to Adam's ears. I don't know if you've loves, seen my smile this whole time. He but like loves, it's, Adam always brings up the salary cap, and we always give him shit for it of like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's how they play on the field, stuff like that. He's like, no, but I'm they got to you don't restructure the, the cap. The, the cap. Oh, God, we should, uh, yeah, yeah. We are no, called that caps off. all about salary like, We can just talk we all strictly about the salary we all, cap. We are called caps off. Maybe we should just make it a salary cap. Uh, salary cap segment that was yeah that exactly was sick. um yeah uh all right we have a uh a, a thing on our pod where we like to rank so this is a, maybe a little bit of a far-fetched question i'm not sure if you like to answer oh, this but like could this. you rank the top five nfl insiders including yourself who's your favorite the guys you look up to <laughs> however you want to rank them i would prefer not to <laughs> that's so fair up, if they end up seeing this they're gonna crush me and say why was i not watching that's so, fair. so, um, that's so the fair. next time the next time i go to a combine i don't want to get an earful from anybody so i'm gonna that's, probably avoid that you could just say you could just say you're the best and no, already, no one will give you and then no everyone else it's that. one yeah. and then it starts yeah. at three it's like patrick mahomes and everyone else starts yeah, at three exactly. that's what it is with ari but it the the whole shafter thing's awesome and it must be a queens thing because i know he's out there in queens too I, I think he's still based there i know he's from there have y'all? Yeah, he's. Um, oh, I believe he is. Yeah, no, no, I believe he's in Long in, in Long Island. But yeah, that's around here. That's dope, and I just think it's so cool how like, you know, if it wasn't in what was it like 2013, 2014, you talk about like a decade before that, that would have been impossible for you to kind of create your own space, your own area, your own lane in, in this whole game, right? And you were able to do that because of Twitter, and I mean that that tells everything. I heard the other day, like literally this past weekend consistency is undefeated. So the fact that the first few years, Spit. obviously, yeah, that's, that's yeah. a good one, right? Spit. The first few years, obviously, like, you're not seeing these tangible results of what you're doing, but stuck with it, and eventually you started seeing it. So that's that's pretty sick, man. What's the best thing about being in this position on Twitter? And then also, what's the worst thing about being in this position on Twitter? Well, the best thing with where I'm at right now, and really what I'm most proud of, is that fans who follow the account they basically could see anything on my account and they know they could take it to the bank. And what I mean by that is like any information that I post and there are so many different rumors, which a lot of people probably know is not true, but they still tend to believe it. Mm. I obviously try to avoid that. And what I've really done over the last several years of really getting to know everything around the NFL is understanding what's real and what's not, who has real sources and into the situation, who does it. And it's unfortunate because I see it a lot in basketball in particular, but it's also coming to football where there's a lot of stuff that is out there that is simply not true, but it's being posted and eventually it's going to be aggregated where they know it's really not true, but they're posting it because it's going to get a lot of attention, which is whatever I get. I get why they're doing it. But what I've really tried to do and what I'm really most proud of with the account is that people could go to my account and they read the tweet and they know it's true. They know there's a story behind it and they know that something's going on. 
of this thing in particular. So there aren't many accounts like that. Like obviously I would put Shafter and those type of people into that category, but being able to go to one page and just reading and knowing that this is the fact is probably my favorite part. Mm. Probably the worst part. I don't know if there really okay, is a worst yes. part, to be honest, like we're getting to cover football for a living. I mean, that's like awesome. Right. But if there's something that is probably difficult is that it really isn't a nine to five job. Like you really have yeah. to be, around the Big clock facts. and ready to go at any time. Like I remember two off seasons ago, Trent Williams re-signed with the 49ers at like 4.07 AM. It's like, Jesus. like you got to be ready for that. Like Urban Meyer was fired by the Jaguars at one in the morning. I remember when Dak Prescott signed an extension, which came out of nowhere. It happened on a random Monday, right? It, it just all of a sudden happened. So like you really have to be aware for literally at all times, be ready. And sometimes it is difficult. Like you're really always glued to whether it's your phone, your computer, reaching out to people and those type of things. And you really have to find a way to balance life and work. And that's something that I really have been working on Um a lot really over the last several months of figuring that part out. So people don't get to see that part of it, the jobs that Shafter does and all those type of people, like the amount of time that it really goes into all of it, it's a lot. And um, again, we're not really complaining because dude, we're we're covering football for a living. But at the end of the day, there's so much that goes on to eventually be able to put out the information that people don't get to see. I am curious because I know it's, you know, it's, you said it's kind of rules almost your entire life. It's 24, seven, seven days a week kind of thing. But for you, like, what is a typical, I guess, every day is different, but a typical day-to-day, like a day in the life of Ari Mayrov, what is that? Hell of a question, Jack. Well, it depends what time of year we're in. Like, during the season, it's literally full go all the time. Like, you have 32 teams who are, you know, in the building, whether it's, you know, practice, press conferences, injuries from the game, you got to catch up on what happened, those type of things. For agency and draft season is by far the most chaotic one because there's literally, that's the one time of year where you literally have people reaching out and information flowing in at all times during the course of the day. Like it never stops because no matter what, people around the league or agents are always going to be reaching out to find out, okay, what is that guy doing? How much is he getting? When are they going to get a deal so I could start working on my deal? Those type of things. So during that time of time of year it's literally endless and just never stops that's really you know from february march april till end of april and then really right now where we're here in june july this is probably the quietest part of the entire year it's the true off season you know what i mean there isn't that much going on every front office member every coach Every player, they all have vacation. They've booked all of it. The the one thing that these teams are hoping for is please don't give me that call about a player getting in trouble or whatever it is. Please let me have this peaceful time before this crazy um, season starts once again where the grind never stops. But this is the time of year where it's truly a little bit off. But after that, again, it's it's literally a day in, day out. You're you're working the phones. You're calling people. You're talking to people. You're um, keeping track of what other people are saying. Um, if you see something that is, you know, um, interesting, you try to get to the bottom of it, those type of things. That's really going on really year round. You might have just answered my question. I was going to ask, I was going to ask, do you take vacations? But I guess <laughs> you, no days off. you do maybe, and it would be now, I would assume, like around this time. It, this will be the time of year where everyone gets their vacation. So I'm still here in New York right now, but um, we do have plans coming up here next week. Well, let's move into some actual football talk. That was honestly super interesting. It's super cool to get the, the insight yeah, for on that. an insider. Um, so, I mean, let's talk NFL offseason. There are obviously a couple of big name players right now who have not committed to teams, um, namely being DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook. 
What are you hearing about DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook? Is there are there any rumors that you need to clear up, or are there, is there any information you can give us that give us give the fans about where they might land? Besides that, he wants to go to Miami. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting released now is always the worst for a player because all these teams, of course, have spent their money. They've drafted their players. They really have filled out the most of their rosters of what they expect it to be. Now, adding a player of those caliber, obviously, you try to figure it out. But right now, there really is no reason for Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Hopkins to really sign. And partly, it's really... You look around the league, as I said, everybody's off, everyone is away. And for those two in particular, if you look around the league, you let training camp, for example, start. They don't have to do this. But let's say they do, and an injury happens. Now there's a team who definitely is going to try to get you. And the reason I bring that up is this literally happened earlier this month. The Jets had Chuck Clark suffer mm-hmm. a season-ending ACL injury. Yeah, Adrian Amos. And because of that, Adrian Amos signed for one year and $4 million. He wasn't getting $4 million this entire offseason. An injury happened, he got the money he wants. So for those two players, unless they get the offer they want, and those two players are looking for like real money we're talking here. So if they really, really want that, if they're not getting it right now, would it be worth for them to wait? And the one team for Hopkins that I've kind of been keeping an eye on, we know he visited the Titans, we know he visited the Patriots, but he went on the I Am Athlete podcast. He told us what he really wants. And one of the teams that were actually talking to the Cardinals before he was released were the Kansas City Chiefs. And they had interest if he was going to do a reduced contract. Now, the Chiefs, as of right now, they don't have much cap space. They have like a million dollars. Now, we know teams can make cap space. And one way of doing that is they're trying to extend Chris Jones. Chris Jones right now has a cap that's nearly $30 million. If he was to do an extension, the cap number would go down for this year and they'll push it down to future years, which means they'll open up space for this upcoming year. Right. So if DeAndre like waits for that to happen and the Chiefs now circle back, I don't know how much money they're willing to offer. I would imagine it's around five, six million with incentives. But if he's willing to do that type of a deal and join Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback he said he would love to play for, a stable organization, Andy Reid, Brad Beach, head coach, GM, and a defense that is good enough then why not do that type of a deal? So I would probably keep an eye on them if they eventually do that deal for Chris Jones and open up some cap space. For Dalvin Cook, I know some people have mentioned it, and I actually do believe it. The Jets are very interesting. Oh, Ooh. Very oh Adam's not about to say Dolphins. Adam's a Dolphins fan, for I, context. Dolphins. Fuck. Uh, uh, okay, fine. So I, I wouldn't rule out the Dolphins also, but like they've they were, were trying to trade for him before they drafted um, Devin and Shane in the draft, and they have a bunch of running backs, and they could still definitely look into it. The thing really comes down to dollars and cents, and I know that Dalvin is looking to get a legitimate contract. So that's really part of it. But the Jets are so all in right now. They've basically entered this two-year window like Tampa Bay had with Tom Brady, where we're going to push forward right now. We'll push all this cash base to the future, and we're going to try to add as many players as possible. So adding a Dalvin Cook is not someone I would rule out. Um, if that eventually gets to that point. Again, money really is a deciding factor in all of this, but that's a team that I would definitely keep an eye on. Ari, you're allowed to show your bias here, okay? It's, it's a safe space. Are you, Ari, a Jets, are you a Jets fan? Let's be real. I am not a Jets fan. Are you Giants? a Giants fan? So I'm not really a fan of anybody anymore, oh. but I did grow up a Giants fan. All right, Danny Dimes! Fan of the 33rd team. By the way, I, I've never... 
I've never said that publicly, by the way. Oh, but come on, everybody knows that even these players, they always like, oh, I was not a fan. They everybody grew everybody up. Everybody was a, fan a Cowboys of a fan team. growing up. Yes, yeah. <laughs> everybody grew up a fan of a team, and it's only realistic and human. So you I'm, know, just yeah. makes you a little bit more personal. So it's essentially the the NFL offseason right now. It's a game of cat and mouse between like these teams, the agents. You like that one, the cat and mouse? Is that a new one? I should start. Yeah, yeah, the game yeah. of cat and mouse between the agents and the teams. Like <laughs> such I, a common, such a common. I don't know. I saw Matan. Matan Mat Mat looked at Felipe, so I was like, "Is that am I starting to get pawned no, off again for one of my sayings?" Like, is it a game of cat and mouse at this okay, point? Because what's your question? I don't know. Now I've lost it. But it, it's you're waiting on you know something in training camp to happen, but then at the same time, you almost want to have some some stability in what your plan is for the offseason. So is it really just a waiting game at this point? Or is it like our agents actually pushing aggressively to try? Like, is it understood that we're going to wait till August for both DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook to sign with the team? Again, a team could just step up at any time and offer them money that's like, you know what, we'll just do this now, get the training camp, get the playbook and get moving. But none of that happens. It doesn't hurt them to, so to wait a little bit. But you mentioned cat and mouse. Like, I wish fans really got to see the cat and mouse games that goes on with agents and teams. Like, there are so many behind the scenes stories. Now, one of the things that I actually was able to report on this offseason was Alan Lazard, when he was a free agent, he signed off the Jets. His people knew for weeks that Aaron Rodgers wanted, not weeks, but they knew for a while that Aaron Rodgers wanted to end up with the Jets and he was trying to get him to go there as well. But all of us in the media didn't know if we could actually report that mm. because that's kind of a third-hand source. But part of it also was during his free agency while the Jets were aggressively trying to get him because Aaron, you know, told, suggested to sign him, the Broncos were going really hard at him also. And I don't know if people really knew that at the time, but mm. if you think about it, if the Broncos ended up signing Alan Lazard, then they would have had too many receivers on their team. That would have meant that Corlin Sutton or Jerry Judy would end up getting traded as well. So these type of things that goes on, it was like a legit, it was like two days of Jets or Broncos, Jets or Broncos, Jets or Broncos. And we were all wow. waiting on it. And eventually it was four years, 44 million. But if you guys get to see the cat and mouse game that goes on during free agency between multiple teams or the agent and the team or the agent is bluffing, or the team is bluffing. There's so much stuff that goes on oh, over there that is um very fascinating. Like, I, I have endless stories of these type of things that goes on oh, that I wish fans actually got to know. That's like, I mean, it's I, like poker, man. I was just so going to say. I'd love to hear like, another story like that. Yeah. Story time. Story time. <laughs> Any others I, that come I'll to give mind? another one. Yeah. I'll, there's there there was one last off season with the Eagles, right? The Eagles had an unbelievable year last year. They traded for AJ Brown at the draft, right? Before trading for AJ Brown and knowing he was available, they actually tried to get two other receivers. Awesome. Now, if you think about it, if they would have gotten those two if they would have gotten those two other receivers, AJ Brown wouldn't have been there and maybe they wouldn't have had the year they had. One was Calvin Ridley. They were talking to the Falcons oh, before anyone knew things. about the gambling stuff. Yeah. Legit negotiations. Like they were talking, they were gonna get a deal done. And one morning, the Falcons call the Eagles, and they're like, um, we got to stop talking. They didn't give them a reason. This is when the Falcons found out about the gambling stuff. And eventually, it comes out. He's suspended, and everything fell apart. The other one, you guys mentioned Allen Robinson. They were yeah. expecting to sign oh, him. He was my. supposed to be theirs. And they thought they had a deal done. Allen decided to sleep on it for one more night. And then the Rams and Sean McVay, who is like someone, if you talk to Sean McVay, he could convince you on anything. And he <laughs> talked to Allen Robinson and convinced him, come here, Cooper Cup, Super Bowl champs, you'll have a great quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Convinced him, changed his mind. Eagles lost that on him as well. And then eventually A.J. Brown becomes available and they trade for him. So Jeez, these type of things that happen, it's the what ifs. And um, there are so many of those that are just super fascinating in the NFL. Damn, that's so, insane that 
AJ Brown was essentially option number three out of those guys. Ari yeah. Mayroff's story time is my like. favorite story time. <laughs> <laughs> we might need this on a weekly basis. Yeah. I don't, I don't oh, know. Uh, question. Now, I mean, let's move to like during the season stuff. Like, obviously, you you said you during the season are just like go 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 working all the time. Um, are there any? Is there anything that we should expect for this season? Are there any players that you would be expecting to like be on the move halfway through the season? I know that there's a lot of talk about like if Kyler might still be on the Cardinals halfway through the season. Um, is there a talk about that? Or we were talking about it. We were, we were saying he might not be a Cardinal. Oh, well, yeah. Year. The logic behind oh, that. Maybe, maybe it was just us. The logic, well, that, yeah, yeah, we are pretty much insiders. The logic behind <laughs> that was, you know, obviously if they're, they don't have a good season, then they tank essentially for Caleb Williams. What happens with Kyler? Because it's a new regime, like, new and everything. Ownership. So Kyler could yeah. be someone, if you're following the breadcrumbs of the salary cap, uh, that could be someone on the move. I'm just throwing out fucking crap. names, Fuck yeah, bro. No, but you my like point that? is, my point is, are there any players that right now you think could be traded halfway through the season? One of the things that has happened over the last few years is we've gotten a lot of younger GMs in the NFL who have decided to become very aggressive. Like if, if you guys remember, there was a point eight or nine years ago when the trade deadline was literally a non-event. Like nobody yeah. got traded. There was like one offseason where. Mark Barron got traded. And it was like a celebration that we had a trade. You know what I mean? <laughs> it never and then all of a sudden, like last year, we were getting Christian McCaffrey and Bradley Chubb and Calvin Ridley and Roquan Smith, TJ Hawkinson, Chase Claypool. Madness, right? And it's awesome. It's like it's a lot of fun, right? So I would expect it to happen again. And the one thing that I'm keeping an eye on is next year in the draft, there are two potential superstar quarterbacks. That's Caleb Williams and Drake May. And these teams have seen what Joe Burrow has done for Cincinnati, Trevor Lawrence did for um, for Jacksonville. And if we can get that quarterback, then we're going to be in a good position, right? So I'm wondering if there's a team that's in week six or week seven, and we're like one and five, two and six, do we just trade off our pieces in order to help our chances to get that top pick? And I'm like, I'm just going to use Washington as an example. Washington, I think they'll be fine this year, Since but they're going in with Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. They're about to get a new owner in Josh Harris, who, if you guys know, Josh Harris was the guy who was part of the process in Philadelphia. So he's a believer oh, in all this stuff. Process. If Sam Howell, if Sam Howell comes in and isn't that great, and they're like two and five at the deadline, do you just blow it up, trade away Chase Young, trade away some players, get some more picks, and hope you have that top pick? It's very hard to tank in the NFL. These players have non-guaranteed contracts, and they want to put stuff on Phil. So tanking is very difficult, but if you put a you know a roster that isn't that great, the chances you lose are probably higher. So if you're that type of a team, are you going to just trade off some pieces by the deadline in order to help your chances to get that top quarterback in the draft? And there are people who believe that Drake May, Caleb Williams, if they were in this past year's draft, they were going number one. Like That's how good they are. So if you're able to get that quarterback and because of that have sustained success for 10, 15 years, are you just going to blow up the roster, trade as many players as you can, get as many picks as you can, and then move on from there? So that's the one thing I'll be watching this year because there's going to be a few teams that are going to be really bad, and they're going to be facing that decision knowing how much it means to get that quarterback in your if, building. If you had to guess which teams you think will be in that position, which ones do you think it'll be? Um, I think everyone's going to mention Arizona. I know you guys brought up yeah. Kyler Murray. There is an avenue to move on from Kyler Murray next year. There is. It's a very difficult one, and they'll have to take on a lot of dead money. 
But this is a regime that didn't draft him. And if you look at them, that roster is just depleted. They really didn't do anything to improve the roster because they knew it's time to strip it down. I mean, they had three starters retire this offseason, which is like unheard of. J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, Rodney Hudson. Like, that doesn't happen in the NFL where three of your players are just retiring. So they had a really old roster and not many homegrown players. And they traded for more picks next year. So there is definitely an avenue for Arizona to do that. I'm really intrigued by Tampa Bay because they have a lot of really good players. I just don't know what to expect with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. And they're a team where we talk about the salary cap. Like they're they're literally like like hands are tied right now with the cap because they pushed so much so much money um to the future. Like they're paying thirty million dollars on their cap this year for Tom Brady, who's not there. So That's that just proves insane. to you guys the cap is real. The point is. The point is, you know what I mean? Like, they're a team that is really going to be rolling out a lot of veteran players like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, you know, Vita Vea and those type of players. But the quarterback situation is interesting. The coaching staff situation is a new coaching staff an, an offensive coordinator. Todd Bowles in his first year didn't really have the best year. So there's that's a team that I would be keeping an eye on. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. Like, the AFC is just so stacked with good teams that there's going to be a couple of teams that are going to disappoint us. Like, last year it was the Colts and Broncos. Who is that? Who is that going to be this year? And do they decide at the deadline we're not good enough? This mm. conference is way too good. Too many good quarterbacks. We need our own very good quarterback. Because if you think about it, the AFC right now, if you're a team like I don't know the Patriots and you have Mac Jones, in order to make the Super Bowl, you have to go through Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, um, Lamar, Rogers. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Rogers. Like it's an impo- it's an impossible crazy. path, right? It's it's insane. So you need to get your own quarterback. The Texans are hoping C.J. Trout is going to be that guy. But if you're in New England, if you're one of these other teams, if you don't have your guy, are we going to just try to get our guy next year and just hope for a bad year? So that's something that I'll be keeping an eye on for sure during the season to see which teams are bad and do they make that decision. I feel like uh, Tennessee is a team where I feel like we saw Derrick Henry. You can't really tell what's going on. Well, we don't know, but we know that they Derrick Henry was being shopped and then they obviously uh, – Fucking male dude. What's his name again? Will oh, Levis Will falls. Levis. Yeah. And so now they male have him, dude. but they could ship away Derrick Henry. I think he's on the last year of his deal. I could see him moving. I feel like also a sleeper yeah. is the LA Rams. Okay, like Stafford, Stafford being older. So yeah. The, if, if they're not as good, I don't think they would ship away like a Cooper Cup, but it wouldn't shock me if, if an L, the LA Rams are a team that's, you know, moving some pieces. Yeah. Crumble. I do have a question though, because you brought up, you brought up the cap and some teams, you know, that could run into some issues. I'm kind of curious. There's like, Really, five players that are going to need a contract um, next year, and I'm curious from your standpoint, from Ari Mayrov's standpoint, what you know, which player might have the biggest difficulty in landing that contract with their current team? Guys like Jamar Chase, Jonathan Taylor, obviously Tua, Austin Eckler, who's you know potentially on the move. Trayvon Diggs is another one. Like out of those five guys, do you see any of those guys potentially being on the move because of contract disputes, or you think those teams are going to find a way to make it happen? So on the move is interesting because the one name that I think everyone has been talking about this offseason, and it's true, is T. Higgins with the Bengals, where it's like, we have to pay Joe Burrow. We're going to have to pay Jamar Chase. We have other players on the team like, you know, DJ Reader and Logan Wilson we're going to have to pay. And it's like, how do we also pay T. Higgins, who on most teams is the number one wide receiver as well. So he's earning the final year of his contract right now. So the Bengals historically, and I kind of should have realized this earlier this offseason when I started talking about T. Higgins, they're a team that just don't give a darn what other people think. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way they operate. Like, Jesse Bates wanted an extension for like three years. They didn't give it to him. They franchise tagged him, let him walk. 
they did this to Carson Palmer. If you remember, he literally was going to rot on the bench and they wouldn't trade him. That's how much they didn't want to listen to him. Like they, it got to a point where they were able to get an insane package, like a first round pick and a second round pick to trade him, even though they weren't playing him. But they were more than willing to just let him sit on the bench and we don't care about you. You know what I mean? That's a, that's the way their organization has operated. Now, they're... GM or their executive Duke Tobin was like, we're not trading him. We're not moving him. If you want to get your a good receiver, go find your own. But it's going to be a situation where it's very difficult to pay everyone. Again, the cap is very real and they're going to have to pay Joe Burrow uh, a very big contract. They'll have to pay Jamar Chase next year, a contract that will probably make him the highest paid receiver in the NFL. And it's really, really difficult to fit everyone in. So if they don't get a contract done this offseason, I would not be surprised if they just go in the same route they did with Jesse Bates, which is play your four years of your contract, we'll franchise tag you for a fifth, and then we'll let you walk. And that's it. Even though they could for sure get more in a trade, they could probably get a first-round pick plus in a trade. They're like, no, we're going to keep our players as much as we can until it gets to a point where we can't do anything with him. So that's definitely one player. The other player that I'll mention, you didn't mention him, is Dak Prescott. And the reason I mentioned him is, you guys remember Dak when he was um, going through his first contract, how insane it was. It took like three years to get that deal deal done. There was two franchise tags. Um, It got really messy. Dak... Dak ended up signing a very, very, very strong player contract, like one of the best contracts in the league behind Deshaun Watson now. And his contract, basically, he has two years left right now. And the Cowboys are in a situation where because they tagged him two times last time, they can't tag him again. So Dak, in the back of his mind, knows that two years from now, he's going to become a free agent no matter what. And because the Cowboys, now follow with me, the Cowboys have restructured Dak's contract multiple times over the last couple of years. Because of that, next year, his cap number for the final year of his contract is $60 million. Massive number. So Dak is in a situation right now where he knows he could become a free agent in 2025 or the Cowboys have to extend him to lower that number, and he has all the leverage in negotiations once again. Yeah. So that's a situation where Dak, Dak didn't have his best year last year. Had a lot of turnovers, missed some time with an injury, but finding quarterbacks in this league is very difficult. And his agent is someone who is very, very tough in negotiations. We saw that we saw it the first time he negotiated. He's going to be tough once again with Jerry Jones in those negotiations. They might start doing it right now because they know next year. Dak has all the leverage in the world. So that is one that isn't being talked about enough, but it's a massive situation that the player literally holds all the cards. And that's a situation that never happened to Jerry Jones. And here we are right now. That's happening in Dallas as we speak. So you're saying so you're saying Dak is the best quarterback in the league <laughs> because of his knowledge. He has one of the best quarterback <laughs> contracts in the league. Yeah, and because go. of it, <laughs> quarterback contracts they always go up they never go down if you're right, a good right. quarterback you're gonna get paid all right i'm, so a, cow- I'm a, a cowboys very, fan very from perspective so i don't think that all one right well, given away. Uh, uh, well i don't we hadn't talked about <laughs> that it transitions all. me nicely though to another question and i i want you guys also to answer these two um it's a couple of like i don't know they're not hypotheticals but they're just questions all right i knew he was smart. so which quarterback, well, you, Ari, will be able to answer this from an insider perspective, but you guys as fans might be able to answer this too. We have one for quarterbacks and one for running backs. Uh, which quarterback will get paid first, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, or Justin Herbert? Let Ooh. them answer first, and um, then you'll go, Ari. Mm. 
hmm, which is, which is going to get paid first or which is going to get paid the best deal? That's a different question. Trevor Lawrence will get paid last because he was drafted last. Yeah, I don't care about who gets paid first or last. Who gets paid most? Whoever gets whoever gets paid less. Trevor Lawrence, I I think, will will make the most money because he'll get the last contract. I feel that's just how. Yeah, whoever gets paid last will get paid. I think I think Herbert gets paid first because I think the LA Chargers organization is inept and they consistently make mistakes. Um, Wouldn't that be smart to pay him first though? So his contract's lower. Theoretically, yes, but they would. I feel like I could see them over paying because even if he doesn't have that great of a year all of his intangibles have been something that you've been wanting in a quarterback tangibles 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 sorry you could touch those tangibles um <laughs> tactile um when it comes to who i think is going to get the biggest deal i think it's joe burrow not because of actually the money because but because i've been saying and i think we've talked about this a little bit joe burrow is going to be the first quarterback in nfl history to get his contract tied to a percentage of the cap that's what I think is going to happen. I think, as you said with the Bengals, they are a team that doesn't give a shit about what other people do. And I could see the Bengals tying like 5 to 10%, I'm just throwing out a random number, of the actual cap to his contract. So no matter who else gets paid, he's always going to be paid a fuck ton of money. So I think Joe Burrow is going to, that's going to be the smartest deal and the best deal for the team and the player. All right, Ari, give us the answer. <laughs> I, I could tell that he's a really good cap guy because that's something that a lot of people have been talking about if the Bengals will do it. I don't know if they will. I don't know if they will will do it, but it's something that I personally thought Patrick Mahomes would do it because he signed a 10-year contract, and I thought it will be a percentage of the cap, and it wasn't. Teams have been against it, and I don't know if it will ever happen. If the Bengals – if there's one team that will do it, you are right. If the Bengals, they really just don't give a darn about anything. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But in terms of the order, I, I, I do think – Herbert and Burrow both get done this offseason at some point. They're talking about it literally for months already. Very, very complex deal, but both of them should get done. I do think Herbert will go first. Burrow will be the last one. And um, Like right now, this offseason? It's going to happen this this offseason. It's going to happen before the season starts. Okay, cool. I didn't even know that was on the I think both those quarterback deals get done. Yeah, they're going to reset the market, both of them. They'll be higher than Lamar, than Hurts. They'll they'll break it. (laughs) Um, I expect both of those to get done. Now, Trevor isn't eligible until next year. And as all of you mentioned, the quarterback market always goes up. The cap always goes up. If Trevor plays the way Trevor did last year, he's going to overtake both those guys as well. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if he ends up becoming the first $60 million per year quarterback in wow. the NFL next year. So Feathered and legal. Yeah, so um, that's where it's going. I mean, that that's the reality of the quarterback position. So... Um, that's the way I would look at it to end up going. I'm also very intrigued if Patrick Mahomes does anything because once Burrow and Herbert get done, he will be ninth in the NFL in quarterback pay, which is insane. Yeah. You know, like it's the best quarterback, gets his team to the Super Bowl, AFC Championship games is awesome, and he is severely underpaid. You know how underpaid he is? I'll give you guys a, a good nugget. He's played three years so far since he signed his extension. He has made $61 million in cash during those three years. Lamar Jackson just signed the deal. He will make $80 million alone just in this calendar year. So he'll make more in one year than Patrick has made in three. So Patrick signed that deal during COVID when teams were like, oh, we don't have cash. We don't have money, blah, blah, blah. He's been underpaid like crazy so far. And he's falling behind in a big way. He has nine years left on that contract, well, and he's just falling behind like crazy. So I got, I got a question though because I've seen Patrick Mahomes talk about like, you know, being like talking about or like mentioning like that the, you know, we gotta take a little bit of a less of a pay so we can build a better team. Do players maybe you know this as an insider or as someone who's who's in is like do players actually 
are they are players ever a guy like Patrick Mahomes are players ever willing to give up a little bit of money you know we're talking he still made 60 million dollars that's that's ridiculous you're set that's for life enough. is he ever are players ever willing to give up a little bit of money for the sake of winning Brady you know what I mean? That, didn't yeah, Brady did it. Brady did that. Yeah. Mahomes is cut yeah. from Brady's cloth. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, he's better. Right. They def they they definitely are. And Mahomes, part of that deal for Mahomes was when he signed that deal, it helped the Chiefs extend Chris Jones and extend um, Travis Kelsey and then trade for Orlando Brown. So yeah, it does help the team. But the point is, the cap is always going up. We're talking about billionaires versus millionaires. You got to keep that in mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, when you have that, and Patrick Mahomes is giving you all this revenue, making your team net worth way higher than it should be, he shouldn't be the ninth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Just the basics. And when Mahomes said he's taking less for the team, one of the things that he mentioned there is that he also has to do right by other quarterbacks. And doing right by other quarterbacks means keep on pushing the market up so other quarterbacks keep on getting paid. So he's trying to balance both of them. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if eventually during these nine years that are left that he's like, all right, guys, let's um tack on some dollars here so I look like I'm in the upper echelon of quarterbacks and not that far behind. Even Brady was not this far behind during his tenure as quarterback with the Patriots. Patrick Mahomes is severely underpaid. Yeah, seriously. That's what we learned today. Yeah. Uh, what, what, real yeah. quick, because we're talking about, you know, these deals with these quarterbacks and always resetting the market. What does it say about a guy like Lamar who was able to get that done by himself? I feel like everybody criticized him for so long because he wasn't getting a deal for so long. He was just sitting in this offseason, wasn't getting a deal. And they said, oh, it's because he doesn't have an agent. He's representing himself. But then he was able to do it, and nobody said anything about it. So what was, from your perspective, like – what does that say about a guy like that to be able to get that done? How hard is that to do? It's it's very difficult. And I, I was honestly very impressed by Lamar Jackson and honestly very impressed by both sides and all of this where it did get some, at points, really contentious and very difficult. And both sides were a little bit upset, but they never showed it publicly. And they really did a good job. And especially the Ravens, who are a team that never leaks. Lamar, no agent. There is no leaking coming from his side. So we really did it know exactly what was going on between both sides for two plus years and negotiating a contract especially a quarterback contract like i said before it's very very complex if you look at the contract itself it's like 20 plus pages there's a lot of fine wording you have to look through of lawyers make sure there's no you know stuff in there that you know is a, a loophole like i remember there was a time russell okung was representing himself in free agency and he signed, I think it was like a reported a five-year, $60 million contract. And then two days later, we get the actual details. It's really like a one-year, $5 million deal of like an option for 50, 50, $55 million more. And it was like, honestly, it was a really bad contract. So that is really part of, sometimes you really do need an agent. And sometimes you, have, you put really good people around you. You don't have a certified agent. And Lamar did that. He had good people around him. It, it took way longer than it should. But he got a contract that right now makes him the highest paid quarterback. Yeah. And he's getting really, really good cash flow, which is really what matters for quarterbacks. You want to get as much cash as possible early. And like I said before, he's getting $80 million just this year, year over year, when you look year one, year two, year three, he's making the most of any quarterback. So when it comes to the overall basics of the contract for quarterbacks, he did a really good job. And I think most people should commend him. He really did a good job, despite the fact that many people were criticizing him. Real quick, that reminds me too, and I don't mean to keep taking this conversation, but was it true that Kyler Murray last year in his contract had like the video game clause? Or, or whatever, or not the, it wasn't the video game clause, right? It was like, he had, to, he had to spend clause. enough time, he had to spend enough time watching film or whatever, and then the assumption was that because he plays so many video yeah, games. Yeah, the hard work clause. 
Yeah, I was. I remember when that happened. I was just shocked that they would even put that in because this is like a bit of a hidden circuit. But I tell you guys, every person in the media could get access to any contract. It's really not that difficult. So when whoever I don't remember who got it, but somebody got access to it and found out there's that un- addendum in it. It was like, what the heck are you guys doing? Like, why would you put this in there? You know what I mean? So it's like you're paying the guy, making him one of the highest paid quarterbacks, and in it you're basically saying he doesn't study enough. It was laughable. They basically were bullied into taking it out, and it just put Kyler in a horrible position. So yeah. that's something that whether it's the team, the agent, whoever it was, it should have never been in there, and it was. It made him look really bad for a couple of a couple of weeks really and then eventually it moved on but that's stuff that shouldn't be in a contract because we could all get it like jimmy garoppolo this offseason with the waiver that was in there we got access to it eventually somebody got their hands on it and saw that thing in there you know what i mean so like we shouldn't be doing that if you don't want the media to know about it and eventually we got our hands on it and um kyler was literally destroyed for two weeks for no good reason real quick where can i find those (laughs) is it just do i need to have a lawyer friend or something because i would love to take a look at a contract that's that is (laughs) it's so whatever you it's it's very it's it's if you put if you put the work in you can get it let's put that one you have a work you have a good work all right i want to shift the conversation to running backs i have a similar three running back question which running back would you rather pay saquon jonathan taylor or josh jacobs obviously taylor jonathan taylor jt yeah we, obviously, just, yeah. the, the conversation obviously stems from paying running backs is a difficult thing to do in today's day and age of like, it's not always about the running back. It's more so about the, the real offensive line. I probably wouldn't pay any of them and just draft a rookie. Like something. But, what would you do? I'd pay Saquon. Are you a Giants fan? Yes. Shout out to New Era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I actually wouldn't. That's Real, a cap realistically, scenario. You, you actually don't want Realistically, to, right? I would not. Like, I, I don't want the Giants to spend a ton of money on it. Fact but, or cap. But uh, Ari, I'm curious, which running back would you rather pay, or if any at all? It's 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 a great question. I don't really know if any of them are gonna. I I, I would expect one of those deals to get done. Jonathan Taylor just switched agents. Saquon has been upset, and I think the Giants are still talking to him. Josh Jacobs, there hasn't really been much negotiations there, and they have until July 17th to figure it out. I don't. Me personally, if you have a good running back, it's really difficult to find the star level running back. It's difficult. The thing that teams have started to do in recent years is like we could find running backs anywhere in the draft and then we could put them in and they make so much less than these star running backs. And while they're not producing like those star running backs, we're saving so much money that we could put it into other positions. I'm just going to name you all the running backs who were taken last year outside of Ron Ron. Listen to this. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, James Cook, Rashad White, Brian Robinson, Damian Pierce, Tyler Algier, Isaiah Pacheco, Jalen Warren was undrafted, Zonovan Knight was undrafted, Jordan Mason was undrafted. All those guys are making under $2 million per year. And I would happily oh. have any of those running backs. And that is all serviceable. They're all super serviceable. That's rounds yeah. three through seven in fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. All those guys. On to four of those guys had over 1,000 total yards in the year. Three other ones had over 800 yards wow. in the year. And the three undrafted guys I mentioned, all of them had over 400 yards in the year. Like they're That's producing insane. for you. So these yeah. teams are like, why should we be paying 10 plus million dollars per year 
for a running back when we could save it into this position. That that's really the issue going on in the NFL right now. Now, Saquon, when healthy, has proven to be a star running back. Jonathan Taylor two years ago was an MVP candidate, for God's sake. And um Josh uh, Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing. The problem again is just figuring out where the right money is. Now, if I was to pick which one gets done, I would probably pick Saquon because I really think those the two sides have been talking and they've had it get contentious at times and Saquon has been frustrated but the Giants know his value as a player and as a person and I've always believed John Mara the Giants owner there's a type of player he wants as a Giant and Saquon Barkley is that type of a guy Eli Manning was that type of a guy Daniel Jones that type of guy he represents a Giant so I feel like that one will eventually figure it out the other two Josh Jacobs is with the Raiders their regime is Josh McDaniels, the head coach, and Dave Ziegler as the GM. Both of them came from New England. Think about it for a second, guys. Never Have the Patriots ever paid no. a running back? No. Nah, Which never. is why they're not no. going to pay down. So the chance – that, that's the problem. So it's like he wants to get paid, but this is an organization that never does. So that's why I have a hard time seeing there. The Colts, they probably should pay Taylor. He did have a bit of an injury plague year last year. But keep in mind, you have Anthony Richardson coming in, and you want your quarterback to have as many weapons and as many happy weapons as possible. So I wouldn't be surprised if they get something done there, and especially when you have a rookie quarterback, you have a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. So you have more money to play around with. So I wouldn't be surprised if that one eventually, at least they try to get it done. I mentioned he switched agents. That means he's really, really trying to find someone who could really figure out the common ground. So we'll see if it gets done. If you made me pick, I think all three of them are star running backs and deserve to get paid. But like I mentioned before, I'm just giving you the reasoning behind why teams have been so hesitant. I know we have to move on, but I'm curious because we've floated this idea around of like, how do you reshift uh, the need to pay running backs? Because if it keeps going down this path, you're not going to be paying running backs at all. And you're just, it, it's unfortunate. And, you know, the NFL stands for not for long, strictly for running backs. We've floated this idea around that we think that the NFLPA should push to restructure contracts and tie a percentage of the cap to running backs so that some of these running backs are forced to be paid. Is that something that could ever happen? Like, could the running back market ever shift in the sense that some of these big guys have to get paid? Right now, it's a supply and demand issue. And that's, I've talked to a bunch of people about what are scenarios, especially to running back agents I've spoken to, like what are scenarios where we could figure out a way where these running backs could actually get paid because they're taking on the most punishment. Mm. They're running into a brick wall every play. They're pass blocking, they're receiving, they're, mm. they're running, doing everything. Yeah. But then these teams just use their four years and then just move on. That is an idea that was brought up, a different idea that was brought up, and I kind of agree with it, was if there's any way they could change the running backs to become extension eligible after just two years. In other words, they could start forcing their way to getting paid after two years. Zeke, if you remember, after three years, he basically stayed away from the Cowboys. He went to the Bahamas, if you guys remember, Mm -hmm. didn't talk to anybody, and he got one of the best running back contracts we've seen in a while, like a six-year contract. 90 million dollar contract with like rolling guarantees so that's why the cowboys would have loved to cut zeke last year they couldn't because of the cap number so um there's situations where he really held firm after three years knew how great he was offensive um i think it was offensive rookie of the year or or dak won it he split it or whatever it was but he was up there he was leading the cowboys and he knew his value for the team 
if you change the rule from three years to two years, will that make teams, after seeing two years of amazing running back play, he's not showing up to camp, he's missing stuff, we have to pay him now. So that was one idea that was thrown out. But the way the NFL PA and NFL works is that if they were to do something and the PA agreed to it, that eventually the NFL is going to want something back from the union. So you're basically making a trade between the union and the league. So is the league, is the union okay with helping running backs while eventually giving something away, which might affect other players? So when it comes to those CBA negotiations, I'm going really deep into some stuff right now, but when that happens, it gets a little bit very, very difficult. So I wouldn't count on it happening, but a lot of people have discussed what could be solutions for these guys. Um, Because as you mentioned, if this is going to keep on going, these guys are not going to get paid what they're worth. It's fascinating. I don't know about you guys. I'm having oh, a yeah. ball. All I right. I always thought like down like the rabbit hole of that, like the running back position, if it keeps going down this route, like will barely cease to exist, which yeah. is crazy. Like yeah. no one, no, no kids no, no, growing no. up are going to want to play uh, running back sure. or any of that stuff. The position will always exist. The but position will, but like no one's going to want. The desire to play it. The top tier athletes are never going to want to play running back. You know. All right, Ari. Last thing before we wrap up. Like I said earlier on the pod, one of our favorite things to do is, is give our rankings of positions of anything, basically. Um, and so we asked, when Jordan Schultz was on the pod, we asked him to give us his top 10 quarterbacks and his top 10 wide receivers. His lists were chaotic. Did he do wide receivers also? Jordan, yeah. wide Jordan's receivers. just chaotic. Jordan's so lists were chaotic. Chaotic. He, chaotic. He, chaotic. He gave us his top five in more of an order, and then you know five to six to ten was a little bit less of an order. So I want to ask you, Ari, what are your top ten quarterbacks in the league? And then we'll get to wide receivers. Oh. <laughs> oh wow! Stop on the spot. Of remember, remember what happened with CJ Stroud. We, we put our we we asked oh, CJ. That's, that's a great. That, that was us. That's a great example. It's a, I know it was you. It was a great example of stuff being <laughs> taken out of context, which is what, again, I don't want my account to ever be, where it's like... Well, if you preface you it, the the CJ's it. problem was that he didn't preface it, that it was in no particular... Did he preface we it? We could no, tell it was not did. in order, though. No, but it was no clearly right not in order. Hurts over Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, like, so he just kind of listed listed some guys. So if you preface it that it's not in order, then no one can take it out of context. Exactly. <laughs> or you could Or you could do it in order. Do it how you, you know... Just be confident, you know. Stick to your gut. I'm gonna try to go with my. I'm gonna try to go with my top five. Do it, and then from there I'm gonna. All right, all right. Patrick Mahomes is one. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think there's much of a debate there. Can we agree there? Yep. Should, yes. Should yeah. No yeah. doubt. It's the list starts at three. All right. What? What? No. no. <laughs> starts, there's no number two. Uh, there's no number two. Yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Adam's got a. He's got a bunch. I mean, of Joe Burrow came. Out, Burrow came out and said that Mahomes is number one. Yeah. I mean, once. Yeah. He says it. I mean, like, you know what I mean? So, all right. So I'll put Mahomes one. I, I, I kind of feel like Burrow is two right now. I think what he's mm-hmm. done over the last, yep. really ever since entering the league, he obviously Smart had man. the injury in the first year, but then taking the Bengals every year deep, that team was in turmoil, and what he's done with them is amazing. So I'll put him two. Um, number three for me. Uh-oh. Okay, this is where it gets difficult. I have Jalen Hurts number three. I love it. I think I, I don't know. I, I saw what Jalen Hurts did last year and I was just like mesmerized by the fact that this is a guy Philadelphia wasn't fully sold on. They yeah. really drafted him initially to be a backup. People thought he could be a different position. All of a sudden he flashed as a runner, as a passer, proved everyone wrong. So he's three. Ooh. Josh Allen would be four. Ooh. 
I'm trying. I'm trying to get some reactions here. Are, are we on par with nice, you guys? I love it. I love it. Definitely, definitely. The the Hertz three is higher for us That's than hot. we would put them. But yeah. I, it also makes sense. Like there's an argu- the thing about this list is there's an argument for anything. So Adam, like, Adam also puts Josh Allen at two, great. which I think is crazy. But yeah, you're doing great. A I lot like, of people. I like. Your it's like list. 50 50. I feel like I don't think it's that 50 50 anymore. All right, Josh Allen four. All right, from this. there, Allen's better. All right, from there, I might be throwing a bit of a wrench, but Aaron Rodgers. Last year, yeah, for sure. people forget he had back-to-back MVP years. First of all, I don't. last year people don't really don't know this. He played the entire end of last year with multiple injuries, multiple injuries, and still mm. somehow almost got the Packers into the playoffs. In that Giants game in London, he suffered. I think it was a finger injury, and the entire year it was not good for him. He mm. he could barely grip the ball the way he wants to, and. So I'm going to still put him there just because this guy MVP. was the MVP back-to-back years. I think he's going to be great for the Jets this year, by the way. So I'm okay. going to put him there. We're at number five, right? We're at five. Yep. All right. From there, it's where it becomes really interesting. I'm probably going to put Justin Herbert based off just talent at number six. I think he's – I mean, we, we see what he does. He hasn't really proven much in the playoffs. Last year was a bit of a – the, the throw against the Giants a couple of years ago is still one of my favorite throws, if you guys remember that one. It's, On a loop into the end zone for a oh, touchdown. It's yeah. a beautiful throw. Um, so yeah. I do. All right. That, that's six. That makes um, sense. I'm going to put Lamar at seven. Okay. Lamar, again, former unanimous MVP, a bit of a problem last year with everything going on people thought he was injured not injured whatever he got paid i think this year is going to be awesome with odell MVP. zay flowers for sean bateman um there we go of course mark andrews new offensive coordinator who's giving him the will to do whatever he wants i think we're looking at a resurgent lamar year and he might be higher at this time next MVP. year lamar seven from there trevor lawrence eight trevor lawrence is next um People like dude, the Jaguars had back to back years of number one overall pick and then made the playoffs and won a playoff game. That's crazy. That's unheard of stuff. You know what I mean? So um Trevor was awesome last year. Doug Peterson was the best thing to ever happen to him. Adding all those players. Remember last year in free agency when they signed Evan Ingram, Christian um Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones. People thought they were insane. But it worked out. All those guys were awesome with Trevor Lawrence. So like I'll put him there. Um, last two is where it becomes very difficult. Yeah, um, this is where it gets really Only tough. one NFC um, quarterback so far, by the way. I realize. Oh, wow. That's oh, yeah. exactly what good, good call. It's, it's crazy. Expected. All right, hey, watch yeah, what I can't do honestly. with my ninth finger. Wait for this one. Can't put All right. This one might, might get some hate from some people, but I thought what Tua did was. <laughs> right? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But Adam, listen, Adam. When, when Mike. He's too much. I know, I know. But when he was healthy last year and Mike McDaniel, who was the first coach he's ever had, though, was literally for him. Tua coming into the NFL, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick stuff, and then there was the Deshaun Watson stuff, and Brian Flores didn't want him. And last year was his first year where it's like, we like Tua and we're committing to Tua. And when he was healthy... What he did with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle in that offense was impressive. Again, once you get down here, it's 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 money. Really going, yeah, but you don't like Tua because um, you've always wanted to replace Tua with Lamar yeah, or another top yeah, ten quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lamar was seven on the list. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but once you have on a top list. ten quarterback, you keep him. Sure. All right. At this point, like I mean, it, it's hard because the really the I mean, I'll ask the Dolphins fan here. 
The only concern you probably have of Tua right now, is it just the injuries or is there more that you're still concerned about? There's partially the health. The other part of it is it does worry me in a league where the cap is obviously rising, Mm. that if you need to put everything around him to find success, at some point that could catch up with you because of the cap. So that worries me as a Dolphins fan, that he needs everything to go right in order to have success. And that to me is somewhat of a concern. That was the most realistic take from Adam on the Dolphins I've ever heard. It's also the most Adam take ever because it all has to do with the cap. Yep. No, it's true because like <laughs> him needing that support rather than yeah. being right. able to do it without all the support. We need that 10 And spot. last but not least, lucky number 10. Rock Purdy. Sean Watson. Uh, I'm not going to say Sean that. Watson is interesting because obviously he was good, but I want to see it this year. I'll probably put he was injured last year, horrible year, but the year before got to the Super Bowl was awesome. Let's put Matthew Stafford at number 10. Oh, I mean, I like I'm hoping that. for... I'm, Hoping for a resurgent year. I mean, this is a guy who was hated in Detroit forever. First year, LA wins the Super Bowl. Super Bowl wasn't MVP. I think Cup was, but he was just awesome. And then last year, I mean, he had serious injuries, like nerve stuff, like concussions. It was a horrible year for him. I hope he's back to the player we all know. He used to play through like literally every injury in Detroit and still tried to play through it last year also. But um, I'm hoping for a healthier out of him. And when he is on the field, Aaron Rodgers said this once on the McAfee show. He's the one quarterback who no one gives credit for, for the stuff that he does. The throws that he makes, he does no no look passes that nobody realizes he does because he was in Detroit. Nobody watched him. So, um, yeah, there you go. So um, I'll put Stafford at 10. But. From six to ten, it's 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 who who knows? Yeah, really I know, I know you really wanted. Right? I know you really wanted to say Dak Prescott, but it's okay because you did include a Dallas quarterback in there in Matthew Stafford. So we, we yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but at least yeah. Dak's got a, at least Dak's got the best contract for a quarterback. You know, That's true. so like at That's least true. you take what you get. That's true. All right, Ari, real quick. Uh, but I know we've gone a little over here. Do you have a second to run through your top ten uh, wide receivers? You don't have to give us as much of an explanation. I don't. Um, I could try. It's it's not going to be like. I hope it doesn't get posted everywhere. Like, uh, don't don't do it. No order. I, I would prob- it, no order. Just ten nope. receivers you think are the best in the league. All right. So Jefferson and Chase for me are our top two. Um, with, with no order again. Um, Adams and I have to put Cooper Cup in there. I mean, mm-hmm. two years ago was insane. Again, injuries last year, but Cooper Cup is still a top five receiver in the league in my eyes. And then number five, um, number five. Throw me out some names over Tyrese, here. Tyree, Diggs, Debo. Yeah, it's Tyree Kill. I, I probably should have mentioned Tyree Kill higher, but yeah, that, that would be that would be the five probably. Who did I leave out? Who are some guys I left that's, out? That's, that's always been like the I mean, consistent. That's the five. The six names that have always been out there is all the five that you mentioned plus Stefan Diggs, yeah. and that I mm-hmm. feel like that fifth, four, five, and six spot. Always is between yeah. like Tyreek, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup. Like that's yeah. always shifted. So I think that that makes sense. That makes total AJ sense. AJ Brown's gotten thrown in there a couple of times. Yeah, AJ yeah, Brown. He's been in there lately. But this is where it gets interesting. This, the the like six through 10 range is where it kind of is very subjective. Juwan Chaos. Jennings. Juwan Jennings. Yeah. That's a good one. Third and Juwan. But uh, all right. Well, that's that's a, a good list, honestly. We've, we've obviously all said the same things ourselves. And Jordan Schultz's list was... 
pretty much the same. Didn't he? Throw you put AJ. I think he put AJ Brown in there. Oh, he obviously yeah. said DK. He's a Seattle he's a guy. He's DK guy. Yeah. DK guy. It's all good. Homer Dolan. He put Tyler Lockett in the top ten also. Yeah. No, he yeah. didn't. No, he didn't. I thought he put both of no. them in there. But those guys, like people that should be there, the Keenan Allen's of the world, the Amari Coopers, don't get yeah. the love that they. Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah. Yeah. Richie James. on the Chiefs now. He can't be top ten. Oh, true. Right. For sure. All right. Well, Ari, appreciate you so much for coming on, man. This is a great time. We got so much insight, like just super cool unreal. to learn from someone who's, you know, worked so closely with the league. Yeah, it was so awesome, appreciate bro. you taking the time, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Keep doing your thing. I love the energy here. It's awesome. And um, I could tell you guys are building something special. So um, keep on grinding and you'll be at the top in no time. I appreciate it. Oh, I love it. Hey, Ari Myrov update. Remember that. Come on, switch <laughs> it over. You can just keep it how it is. It's a good, I think it's a good homage. All right. Well, well thanks for listening to the Caps Off Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. The Caps Off Podcast is brought to you by The Game Day. Starring Adam Tabachnik, Felipe Fontes, Jack Perotti, and Matan Mann. Producers Ben Wolfen and Matan Mann. Don't forget to check out our social at Caps Off Pod on Instagram and at Caps Off Podcast on TikTok. And go to thegameday.com for all the best sportsbook offers.